Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Hello everyone. Welcome to the e-commerce growth show. I hope you're well. Today I'm talking to Graham Broughton and uh, he actually is uh, currently working uh, for co-founder and managing director of Storsome. We're going to talk a bit more about that uh, in a little while. His, um, his background is uh, fantastic. He co-founded a car parts company, Click Car Parts, uh, and that became one of the leading sellers on eBay, which is uh, excellent. And, uh, and then he got involved with the Pentagon Group, which I'm sure many of you be aware of, and uh, has been part of that for many years, uh, doing an excellent job as a business development director. And then, as I mentioned, uh, more recently uh, started uh, and is managing the Storsome operation. So welcome, Graham. How are you doing? Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Really appreciate uh, the invite to come on here, Phil. Um, I'm doing really well. As I, uh, as I said, I just had a, a week's break, so um, I'm fully yeah. fresh for this, uh, for this session. Oh, that's great. And we were just talking about Dorset, weren't we, with the old uh, landslide. So I'm glad you were you were well away when that was going on. Yeah, we were fine. Uh, although yeah. I wasn't very good with the uh, stand-up paddleboarding. I did end up in the uh, in the sea a few times. So uh, yeah. yeah, there we go. Well, well done for trying, though. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why I tell my kids it's all about the trying. Even though it was really frustrating, they just stood up straight away. So um, I know, I know. They're just so it's so natural for them at that age, isn't it? I mean, I, I still try and surf. You know, try being the operative word, and yeah. I can't even ride a wave still. But I do, I do enjoy it. But I'm at the age now where it's like just got to accept the fact that I'm never going to be a surfer. I'm just going to be trying my whole life. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I do, I do enjoy it. But um, but no, it's great. It's great to have you have a catch up, and and this is a topic that. I certainly don't know too much about, but I've heard a lot about it, um, so I'm keen to get stuck in. Obviously, I've got a very important question to start with, though. Have you finished the gin? I think we, we've. My wife's actually done a good job on it. Um, <laughs> you. Um, so yeah, and it was lovely. Actually, it was very nice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good one, wasn't it? We'll have to thank yeah. Kamal for that because he he did a bit of work with one of our customers, Thirty One Dover. Thank you, guys. And okay. um, and uh, yeah, it was quite a nice one, wasn't it? So um, yeah, it was a lovely Christmas treat, to be honest with you. It was uh, it was good. Yeah, I know. I must admit, I polished it off <coughs> too quickly. But um, okay. I've actually gone—I don't know if I've gone teetotal yet, but I've definitely cut down big time for the last few months. So um, I'm not—you uh, know—I'm not uh, being too bad at the moment. But anyway, right. Let's let's crack on it. So um, tell us very quickly, as a bit more of an icebreaker, um, why you're so passionate about marketplaces. Sure. So, you know, if I, I kind of wind back to when I started um, in, in e-commerce, um, yeah. I started running a, a direct consumer car parts business what yeah. I was talking about earlier. Um, and as part of being an owner operator, you're constantly conscious about costs. Um, and it was when, you know, in terms of kind of the knowledge base, you know, we, we're going back over uh, 15 years now um, yeah. where effectively uh, it was an unknown in terms of how much to spend on Google PPC, you know, how much it was cost to operate a website. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, like I say, I was in super startup mode. I started off literally in a warehouse with a camera, with a load of stock, try and sell it. Yeah. Um, and, which is, you know, it's raw and it keeps yeah. you on the edge. Yeah. Um, one of the, the best things that I, I found out very quickly, I started selling um, car parts on eBay. Yeah. that I could factor in all of my charges really easily. 
Um, and it was easy for me to know how much I was gonna, it was gonna cost me to sell something. So, you know, it was gonna cost yeah. me 10%. Whereas I was running Google PPC campaigns and trying to do stuff with the website. And, you know, it runs into the tens of thousands and I wasn't necessarily getting any return. So I very quickly kind of focused my attention on marketplaces, eBay and Amazon domestically in the UK, and thought, right, I can factor these pieces in. I can um, I can learn how to operate on them, uh, and I grew I grew a startup business into a seven figure uh, generating um, within within the space of like three years. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. So it was kind of why I'm so passionate about it is yeah. that I, I like. I like other people being successful um, mm. and I like teaching people how to kind of do that in that when I moved across the Pentagon kind of it just opened up a whole new world because you know domestically in the UK we think of eBay we think of Amazon yeah. um, but if you go kind of into Europe or across you know across Asia then there's, yeah. there's completely different marketplaces like Alibaba, Lazada and Mercado yeah. Libre um, yeah. and essentially you know these are the places that um, which are just like eBay and Amazon but in, in local local territories. Totally. It's a very interesting area and it seems very logical to, and I know I don't want to jump the gun it, but in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, it makes sense to be giving Amazon a run for its money in short. Right? It makes total sense. They have made a massive success of this, as have all these other massive marketplaces. So it almost feels like the tables potentially are being turned. I know we're going to talk more, but that's my only thought at the moment, knowing not too much about it. Let's go to the very beginning, all right, sure. in terms of the main theme of what we're talking about, because mm-hmm. um, I know I'm going to learn a lot today myself. So go back to the beginning. Tell us, just for, 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 for simplicity's sake, what is a marketplace and why is it such a massive opportunity from your experience? Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, in its simplest form, there's three main components of a marketplace. We have suppliers, we've got customers, and then the piece in the middle, which is the platform or the channel, is is essentially the marketplace. So what it does, it enables or acts as a conduit between that customer um, and that that retailer or that brand or that supplier. And that's in effect what it does. And if you kind of look at the examples that are out there, you know, you've already touched on a couple of the big ones. And I've kind of spoken about eBay, but, you know, there's different models. So there's like a peer-to-peer or a customer-to-customer C2C model. And that's eBay essentially. So as a customer, you can take a photo of your sofa and then someone who is looking for a sofa can then go and buy it. And it happens on a a peer-to-peer marketplace. And then the trust and safety team make sure that that happens and kind of everything in terms of like the framework of how to create the listing um the protection around the kind of the purchase of that item is all all relatively safe and easy to do Um, you've got like a b2c or a business to consumer model which is like amazon's third party so you buy on amazon but actually you're buying from a third party seller so a brand or a retailer um, and that's, you know, that's essentially exploded in the past 18 months, like, yeah. you know, yeah. record sales across the board, uh, marketplaces absolutely smashing it. Mm-hmm. And then the kind of the final one is a business to business model, which, yeah. again, Amazon enables through a vendor central solution. And this is this is kind of removing supply chain, making everything more like visible um, reducing margins. But essentially, it's where a business and another business um, transact through a, a platform technology and kind of. If I think why, you know, why this sector growing and why is it, you know, why is it so so much at the forefront of, of the blue chip and enterprise brands and also SMBs at the moment, yeah. that they're wanting to, to get closer to the customer as quickly as possible 
um, in the fastest way. And if you look at what's happening on the on the high street, you know, I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit of time, but, you know, we've seen people just go to the wall. You know, uh, high street retailers kind of, there's, it's not necessarily completely gone. People still want to go into shops, but um, it's changed and our, how our buying habits have changed. And if you look at it's like someone like Next, for instance, they've been great in terms of um, re-kind re of inventing themselves with this third-party model. So, you know, people love Next. They love the, the shopping experience. They trust them as a brand. Um, if you start building on third-party brands, so, you know, whilst you're buying your, your Next T-shirt and your Next pair of jeans, you might want a pair of Nikes and some Ray-Ban sunglasses. And to buy that all in one, one shop or on one site um, but not hold any of that stock is really compelling for the customer and also for the retailer. Right. Okay. So, is the idea then that you're you're bringing multiple suppliers into your own brand via a marketplace? So there's a couple of options, um, and again, through the kind of the past twelve months of running through some of the sessions that we have done. Um, People are looking at it in different ways. So some of them are wanting yeah. to set up a brand new marketplace in a specific niche or a vertical. Um, right. Others are saying, look, how do we complement our current traffic? So like I said about Next, you know, um, people like those 30, 40 pounds pairs of jeans, but actually they're quite, you know, they'll spend 100 pounds on a Ray-Ban pair of sunglasses. Now, does that customer go on two separate sales journeys in terms of buying it, finding it, and then purchasing it? Or do they go through the convenience of just buying it through one site um, and then that site then taking a cut of what that sale is. Um, and I think that's that's the change in mentality. So I don't know about you, you know, how how much has your Amazon kind of uh, delivery and bill gone up in the past 18 months? You know, I don't know about you, but for me, literally every other day now, it's an Amazon delivery, you know, a knock on the door, Amazon delivery, you know, you trust it, it's convenient, it's easy. It's yeah. not so much about price anymore. It's more about the convenience piece. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking absolutely in, in, in my own scenario where in the same way, actually, eBay and Amazon both, you know, I find with eBay, it's I can get cheaper deals, actually. But I'm buying, I mean, I, I very rarely buy direct unless there's a very, very compelling opportunity from a, a direct brand. I'm even trying to think now. I mean, I try, I, can, I, I often compare, you know, someone's going direct to the, to the brands and again, often it's just more effective and easy to go through the marketplace side so obviously it works we know that i mean we've seen how everything's exploded um asking maybe an obvious question i don't know but getting your thoughts on the 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 future of it all mm -hmm. um what does it look like going forward is it is it only going to kind of balloon more is this idea of marketplaces for brands sticking is it starting to grow where are we on that kind of bell curve if you like if there is one you know yeah so i think you know obviously amazon at the forefront of this and if you look at their year-on-year -year trading history it is just you know there's marketplaces yeah. and they have the wraparound services and i read earlier this week that they've actually started going into hair salons so you know this is this is just showing how much information they have about their customer knowledge to know that there's there's demand needs etc yeah. um but essentially, I think in terms of where we are, we're still, it's still, it's probably where we're at the maturer end at the moment. 
um, I think it's, yeah. you know, it, it, it changes and it's different in different territories. So if you look yeah. in China, you know, like 80% of all the sales go on JD.com and Alibaba. So like marketplaces like up here in the UK, it's like eBay and Amazon. It's probably about a 50-50 split. Yeah. And then yeah. it's different in different territories of, of, of the world. Um, I think if anything, it's those niche ones that are coming through. So, you know, it's like, um that we're going to talk we're talking a lot about retail here but you know yeah. if you look at things like uber you know they transformed how people get taxis and that essentially is a marketplace you've got suppliers who are the cab drivers and then the customers who wanting to go somewhere and uber have provided an enablement technology which sits in the middle and takes a rev share that's that's a platform um you know yeah. just eat and deliveroo they've absolutely smashed it in the past 18 months yeah. so i think it's not just the sectors that are kind of being hit but it's 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 all of the all of the areas that can essentially use a platform technology to kind of enable to accelerate at scale and for the customer to kind of want what they get what they want yeah. the other thing i was going to say was yeah. it's about the um the brands now so brands more and more you know literally on a weekly day weekly basis i get people saying right we want to get closer to our customer we don't want to go through a wholesaler anymore we want to go through a retailer and there's there's different kind of blocks that they're hitting there but essentially um brands want to get retain some more of that margin that they historically kind of lost to retailers because you know, it's it's all it's all out there. They can have an omni-channel solution and try and capture that margin back themselves. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I was going to ask actually uh, dilution on a different on a different level because I'm thinking to myself, you know, if the idea of marketplaces starts to expand and you've got the likes of say, you know, Next, um, B and Q, I don't know, or or like some fashion. Um, marketplace springs up and then another you know whatever it might be right um is it is there a, is there a risk of um kind of dilution of the profit effectively right because what you're doing is you're bundling load supplies into one place on multiple instances and there's and that's for argument's sake only a finite amount of consumption going on yeah is there any dilution risk there in terms of like if they went I don't know, direct to you, but you're actually going through, through a marketplace somewhere else and losing some mar margin, I assume, via the marketplace model. Does any of that uh, like make any sense at all? Yeah, yeah, I think it just makes some sense. I think I think what's I think what's happening is that you're kind of right in terms of the dilution, but instead of it going into bricks and mortar, it's going online now and it's much more competitive online. Right. Um, and as part of that is what, what normally happens on a marketplace is that the marketplace or platform itself will charge a rev share. So rev shares kind of go from as low as like 5% to as high as 25% to sell garments and items. So it depends where you sit in terms of that brand value piece. Right. Okay. I think as part of that kind of part of that margin reduction, they you also get that um, uh, efficiency as well because yeah. if you've got um, if you're offering like a dropship model rather than impressing stock into an actual retailer's um, warehouse if you're holding all that stock centrally yeah. um, then you can then you have all that efficiency to then then sell those individual items rather than just shipping like a hundred items across to one retailer and then them wanting to send fifty back to you you've got a centralized stock pool and then you can point it to all these different omnichannel uh, retail uh, um, platforms, the dot coms, etc., and yeah. you've got the most efficient way um, to es essentially enable your brand to to sell across all those those platforms. Okay, okay. Um, what about um, obviously from your experience, 
so far at Storson, um, working with clients, talking to prospects, designing solutions and so on. What has been your experience of the key verticals that are lending themselves in a, a very powerful way to the marketplace model? Or is it just agnostic? It's not necessarily um, agnostic. I think where we've positioned ourselves as a business and how, how we're yeah. historically known as a group is for brands and retailers. So, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to address like the banking sector, for instance. No. Um, what we are trying to do is address like the retail, the direct to consumer uh, markets. And this, like I said at the start, there's kind of two solutions that we offer. One is an embedded approach where you can have an extension of your website. So yeah. essentially, you know, you're, someone's trusted as a, as a website and you can build an extension of that. And then the second is a brand new instance where essentially you're building up a specific vertical say in furniture or table lamps yeah. and we would create a, a marketplace platform around that and our, our technology would power that um, and then we're going to come on to it probably in a little while but we have a series we, we have a, um, a programmatic approach in terms of how we kind of go through that that, that process so yeah. that we kind of can offer the best solution essentially yeah totally i mean I'm, I'm just thinking about it logically you know and i haven't put a lot of thought into it because I'm not in that space, but I've heard enough to be thinking, this is an interesting area, man. And I'm not surprised it's happening. If I was a retailer, if I was, you know, working in that space as a director or running an enterprise business or anything like that, or, or obviously, as you mentioned, a smaller, medium, whatever, I'd be thinking to myself, how do I capitalize revenue from <laughs> my window, my shop window? And so the more I've got in there, the more opportunity, and if I'm taking a skim, let's say for argument's sake, of another uh, retailer or supplier um, in my own window, that's maximizing my potential income and widening the opportunity um, makes complete sense to me. Um, what about the, um, if that is the case, right? Yep. It, the other threat I'm thinking of is what, if this does kind of take off, right? what um what is the threat then to any retailer out there that is almost like the old school bricks and mortar retails that, that just kind of watch the e-commerce thing take off and then they hit the wall is it a similar thing for this do you think do you, can you see that coming as a vision forward if a retailer doesn't get this now and go right bang marketplace i've got to nail this now yep. or in two three five years time i'm going to be against the wall in some way I mean, totally, it's happening. It's 100% happening. And you can see, so Next is a relatively early adopter. Jules have a really good site as well. You know, they're early adopters. M&S in the past six, nine months have started talking about like, and I describe this to retailers because they kind of get it as, as digital yeah. concession. So, you know, in the past where in like a Debenham store, for instance, yeah. you'd go in and there'd be like a Ted Baker and there'd be a Radley or whatever it was, there'd be different kind of brands in there. Yeah. This is essentially what it's doing just digitally, and it's a lot more scalable and cost-effective. And 100%, yeah, you know, like like I said, I know Debenhams and Arcadia um, weren't necessarily in the best of shapes during this pandemic. Yeah. It also shows that kind of digital adoption piece from my point of view, because, you know, my understanding is they have relatively archaic systems. So it's, it's yeah. kind of that digital adoption that was left behind, and this is what's happening now. I think the other thing as well is, um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, there's, there's two things you can actually do. So 
as a as a retailer, you can do range extension. So say you normally bought, I don't know, trainers in size 9, 10, and 11. Yeah. And with this platform model, you can sell half sizes, you can sell variants of colors, and you don't actually have to hold any of that stock. So you can get sales velocity and sales data without actually having to own anything. And then once you get that data, then you can then wholesale those items at a better price. So actually, it's a way of enabling a, buy a buying team to kind of see what actually is going to sell without committing, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of product uh, to, to product. Sure. And what about cross vertical? Right. So one of the things I read recently in a, um, a, a an RNS a news release from Next was that they're beginning to bring um, garden centers, mini garden centers into their shops, right, into their stores. Is, is, that, is the reason for that in some respects linked to the fact that actually um, there's so much more power now in terms of cross vertical marketplace style selling both in bricks and mortar and online? hundred percent. You know, I was speaking to a, um, a leading um, beer company this week yeah. and they were saying, look, you know, we, we sell, we started selling like these birthday packs, but also these barbecue packs. Yeah. And I kind of said, well, wouldn't it be good if you sold a barbecue pack and then you could sell a barbecue to the side of it? You know, yeah. well, why not? Yeah. Because you're yeah. probably going there, oh, actually, you know, that's not a bad price. That looks right. You know, wh why don't I buy this entire kit? You know, if, if yeah. you're buying a flat screen television or a new flat screen television, you might be buying new furniture. You know, you might want some like lazy recliners that go alongside that and maybe right. some new lights for the wall or I don't yeah. know, some dimmers or something. And the marketplace obviously um, facilitates that. I mean, yeah. the more you're talking to me, the more it makes total sense that if I can, if I can cross sell <laughs> out of my vertical to relevant products within my vertical, that to me is an absolute no-brainer, and you've got none of the overheads associated with it because it's the marketplace model, right? Because they're handling all that. You're just shopfronting it and doing what Amazon's doing, right? Correct. This is massive, right? Surely, it's super compelling, isn't it, from a customer's perspective? Yeah, and and for the retailer, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's very very interesting. Um, I mean, I, I've obviously learned a load already, and you're kind of opening my mind up to what is going on. It makes total sense. I suppose the key, the key, key question out of this chat, really, you know, is where do you start, man? I mean, if you haven't considered this already, yeah. what, what, what do you, from an expertise point of view, you know, what would you suggest? What would you advise? So, so we, you know, we, how we approach things is, you know, I've got 15 years experience in this sector, um, so you know, I've kind of learned a lot of stuff um iterated a lot of things uh, failed a lot of things but you know we've got a good knowledge base in terms of what we have yeah. we tend to find that our brands and retailers know their products really well they know what they they, they know what they know really well yeah. what, what we essentially do is we have like a four-stage process that we normally run through with a customer um, i mean just to kick off there's lots of information out there about marketplaces and platform technology but how we do it we go through a systems thinking process so we have four stages the first one is what we call an emergent session and we want a 90 minute um systems thinking rich picture highly engaging 90 minute session with like um i don't know finance director a technology director and then kind of either someone who's kind of leading the, the actual project or is interested in the project 
And what, what as part of that process we do is we just map out everything that's in their mind. So that we'll, we'll say, you know, what's happening with your logistics at the moment? Where are you losing out to a competitor? What's your product range look like? What's your heat map in terms of what the product demand looks like? And we sketch it all out into this picture. And then we say, right, well, how does a platform, how does a marketplace enable that? What are the pain points or what are the, what are the points where, you know, platform solves things, operation needs solving, investment might mean, mean making. Yeah. And in 90 minutes, we've got a really interesting kind of overview of what that business does. Yeah. Then we go into an identification stage and say, right, even if you want to move into a platform technology solution, you need to address these three areas. Technology might be one of them, and as I said, operations, staffing, investment might be another. So we've already moved quite quickly into, is it a good idea, yes, no, or yes, it is, right, next stage is identification, right, what investment needs to be made, what operation needs to be done. Yeah. Then we move on to a scope of works where we essentially say, right, we can build this thing for you because technology is an enablement piece. It's more about kind of what's the whole prop, um, proposition behind it. And then the final piece is the delivery. And what where we add even more value is we have this wraparound of services that can essentially support it. So, like I say, just turning those products on is one thing. It's like the customer services engagement. Who's going to manage that? Do you want us to do it? Do you want to do it? Are you going to do it independently? So all these questions get gets answered in a very short amount of time. And then at the end of it, you have hopefully a, a nice working platform. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting you, you put it in that way because it does show you that you under the bonnet, you know, you've got a V12 there. It's not just, hey, marketplace, you know, there's quite yeah. a lot of work to do. But you've obviously nailed it and you can offer a lot of help and support in that space. I mean, so, I mean, honestly, Graham, I mean, I've, I've learned loads today because I didn't know any of the sort of stuff that you were talking about to really open my mind up. So thank you so much for that. Um, if anyone out there is interested in contacting you about talking about this in more depth and getting a bit more from 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 your experience, how do they? What's the best way of them getting hold of you? Yeah, sure. So they can uh, first of all, again, you know, really appreciate um, being on here and appreciate uh, you know okay. your time. Pleasure, um, you can get in. You can find us on uh, Storson.com. So just through the website, um, yeah. you can get me at Graham at Storson.com, um, or you can go on LinkedIn and just search Graham Broughton, and hopefully I'll come up there. Brilliant, brilliant. So one final thing, um, to not put you on the spot, <clears throat> but put you on the spot, is um, <laughs> delve into the life of Graham Broughton. Okay, and pluck out golden nugget of wisdom, personally, philosophically whatever you want for our watchers and viewers to take away today. Well, I'm not going to go that deep, I'm going to struggle with that one. Um, you know, I, I, if you say it like that, I'm, I'm just saying enjoy life, you know, enjoy life yeah, yeah. possibly Definitely. can. I think if we make it around marketplaces, for me, it's just kind of like, you know, if you're not thinking of selling on marketplaces or building a marketplace, yeah. and you're in that digital area, then just, just do it, have a look into it. You know, over 50% of all online transactions happen on one. Um, just just really take it as a proper consideration definitely definitely it's a bit like bitcoin it's a bit like e-commerce right get in now don't yeah. like don't like make the mistakes again don't watch bitcoin go sixty thousand, whatever it is and then go oh i could have bought that 10 years ago when my when my mate in bristol said it's it's 30 quid or something you know exactly and it's, it's, and it's one of those isn't it if you're not you know whilst i'm here talking about building a, a marketplace it, start selling on a marketplace you know that's the easiest yeah. lowest barrier to entry and just trying something yeah. um so yeah 
Brilliant. Thanks, Graham. Well, cool. guys, I hope that was interesting. As, as you know, I, I learned a lot from that. Um, but I hope you did too. And uh, do uh, get in touch with Graham if, uh, if, if any, of the, any of the stuff that he said today has been of interest. As always, uh, please do head over to segmentofi.com forward slash EGS uh, to pick up on all the episodes as they come out. Graham's will be there shortly. Um, and uh, if you want to get involved, if you want any questions in general, any topics actually you want us to research and interview people about, just give me a shout anytime uh, on phil at segmentify.com. But uh, thank you, Graham, once more for a fantastic chat. Uh, very appreciated. And uh, we look forward to speaking and uh, speaking to you again very soon. Have a great sure. day, evening, and uh, take care. Thanks, Phil. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.